tonight. In French schools, the words mother and father are to be replaced with the terms parent one and parent two. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Welcome back to the show. Today we are talking about the latest news to come out of France. Recently, the French legislature took steps to combat one of the country's most pressing social issues. And no, I'm not talking about the continuing rise in the cost of living over there, or the failure of immigrant groups to assimilate, or the yellow vest protests, which are currently in their 14th week. No, instead I am referring to the scourge that is gendered language when it comes to parental roles. Not even kidding. As RT reports, apparently, quote, French schools are set to replace the words mother and father with parent one and parent two following an amendment to a law which passed through French Parliament this week. The new naming convention is ostensibly aimed at ending discrimination against same-sex parents, but critics argue that it dehumanizes parenthood and may lead to rows over who gets classified as parent one. That's right. France, the same country that has had over three months of pretty serious protesting, some might say rioting, is now directing its ire to the words mother and father. You know, as, as a Canadian, I personally love when European countries like France behave like this because it, it makes us look a lot less crazy. Just by comparison. But the article continued that this amendment aims to root in law children's family diversity in administrative forms submitted in school, said Valerie Petit, MP for the majority REM party of President Emmanuel Macron. She also stated that we have families who find themselves faced with tick boxes stuck in rather old-fashioned social and family models. For us, this article is a measurement of social equality. Personally, I completely agree with this MP. I mean, the plight of same-sex couples who are faced with checking heteronormative boxes on school school forms that is absolutely what the French Parliament should be focused on. I mean, there is also the little issue of the country's unemployment rate, which is currently over 9%, but you know, I mean, they're, they're equal problems both important. But of course, like all great ideas, this law is not without its critics, and some people have brought up the fact that the whole mother-father duo is kind of how humans have existed throughout like all of history and how the majority of families are still constructed. So is it really worth changing the language used in all schools across the entire country just because a small percentage of families may or may not get offended? As RT reports, quote, when I hear people say this is an old-fashioned model, I would remind people that today among unions celebrated, civil or marital, some 95% are man-woman couples. Conservative MP Xavier Breton said of the latest amendment, while fellow conservative Fabian de Filippo denounced the move as as a frightening ideology. However, it is not just conservatives who question the effectiveness of the new legislation. Alexander Ervich, president of the AFDH, the French Association for Same-Sex Parents, worries that the legislation could create a parental hierarchy. Who is parent number one and who is parent number two, he asks, adding that perhaps the less controversial father, mother, and legal representative be used instead. And that is another good point, although maybe to avoid the competition between parent one and parent two, they could instead use terms like parent one and parent A to you know, avoid the whole hierarchy situation. But then again, that language would still be marginalizing toward children who have more than two parental figures in their life. It's 
It's quite the pickle. In all seriousness though, as much as I love delighting in the ridiculousness that is the country of France, this whole story does have me kind of concerned. Sure, this specific law was exclusive to French Parliament, but more broadly, the general idea of attacking the structure of the nuclear family, that's something shared by progressivism the world over. In fact, just a couple years ago, an Australian activist pushed a quote, politically correct plan to rename Father's Day Special Persons Day so kids without dads wouldn't feel left out. And before you dismiss that story as just the ramblings of some crazy person, maybe blogger on the internet, that that activist actually has a doctorate in early childhood studies. And according to her, or however they choose to identify, Father's Day as a holiday is insensitive towards single parent families and also LGBT families. There are children who have a dad who also have a grandfather and also have an auntie and also have other kinds of relatives. There are also a, a, a huge um, range of different family structures. So we have single parent families, satellite families, extended families, lesbian and gay families. What back are you getting from parents and teachers who have introduced these special persons days? There's a range of different communities across Australia and I, I've actually been uh, talking with them over the last couple of days since this has been in the media and essentially what happens in early childhood is they work very closely with their communities and they negotiate these kinds of emotive and special family events um, with with the families who are attending the centre. So there's quite a lot of, uh, of input and I think the I think the conversation or the argument, as you'd said from the get-go, maybe isn't so much about the educators and the families. I'm wondering whether it's people who care about children and worry that they won't have these significant family days and celebrations in their educational settings, but perhaps they don't quite know the context of what's happening in those particular communities. But there has been a backlash. There has been a backlash, but the backlash hasn't necessarily come from families in those communities. It's, it, it's people outside those particular contexts. Your activist group is uh, social justice in early childhood. Why is social justice important for little kids? There's a lot of Australian research that has actually informed a lot of international research, teacher research for example, that has demonstrated children's capacity to be really inclusive once they know about these ideas and they think, wow, why are people seeing this as a controversy? Why are we calling this uh, political correctness when in fact it's about, it's about our rights? Yeah, but sadly the madness does not end there because Father's Day is not the only gendered parental holiday we have. There is of course also Mother's Day and we can't let that off the hook. As CBN News reported in 2017, quote, Albert McMahon Elementary School in Canada cancelled its usual Mother's and Father's Day celebrations to celebrate diversity and to respect a recent trauma a student experienced. In an effort to celebrate diversity, inclusivity, and also nurture our students who are part of non-traditional families, we have decided to encourage those celebrations to take place at home, the school said in a letter to parents. Due to this, the children will not be making gifts at school to give on Mother's Day and Father's Day. Now, obviously, I totally understand wanting to take into account the feelings of all children in schools when we're celebrating things like Father's Day and Mother's Day. But with that being said, I also think it's important for all of us to recognize, especially the adults here, that regardless of whether they're in the child's life or not, or how they identify or whoever they may be attracted to, every single child does have a mother and a father just by virtue of human reproductive sciences. And even though it may not seem like it, especially in progressive bastions like Paris and LA and New York, the majority of kids are still growing up with both their mother and their father in their lives. 
thank goodness. And overall, cases like these are just more reasons why I can't help but laugh when I hear people say that we're wasting our time trying to tackle the issue of social justice in the culture war. Why are you so focused on SJWs? Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect you. When we have a problem culture like we have had for a long time with progressive ideology attacking the family, the basic building block upon which our society is built, it's not going to be too long until these anti-family measures start appearing in politics. So to everyone who complained that people who were fighting against PC culture were just being difficult or who just wanted to be rude and insensitive, now this is what you get. No Mother's Day, no Father's Day, and if you're in France, you're now parent one and parent two. Enjoy. And if all that weren't bad enough, the attack on families actually gets worse. It gets even more ridiculous. And if you're looking for a theme throughout this entire episode, it's that it's it gets worse. Apparently to at least some progressives, it's not just the terms mother and father that are offensive. It is the idea, the concept of family in and of itself. According to the Daily Caller, Google employees melted down after the word family was used in a company presentation. Employees were upset that the word was used in a way that links families with children, which they argue was homophobic, and a Google vice president acknowledged that the word family had sparked concerns about inclusivity. And as one disgruntled employee wrote about using the F word, this is a diminishing and disrespectful way to speak. If you mean children, say children. We have a perfectly good word for it. Family friendly, used as a synonym for kid friendly, means to me, you and yours don't count as a family unless you have children. And while kids may often be less aware of it, there are kids without families too, you know. The use of family as a synonym for with children children has a long-standing association with deeply homophobic organizations. This does not mean we should not use the word family to refer to families, but it means we must doggedly insist that family does not imply children. Use the word family to mean a loving assemblage of people who may or may not live together and may or may not include people of any particular age. Stop using it to mean children. It's offensive, inappropriate, homophobic, and wrong. I've said it before and I'll say it again. These people are beyond parody. And look, you don't have to settle down, get married, and have kids. You don't. You can have your live-in demi-queer acquaintance as well as your transracial, bi-gender, significant other, whatever. You can do whatever you want, but just know that it is you who is choosing to break from the societal norm of the nuclear family. Why should we all have to change our language for your weird, freaky lifestyle? And look, when it comes to the issue of families, I'm not just being difficult here. I'm not just trying to uphold tradition for the sake of tradition. There is actually a lot of research that that has gone to show that families, nuclear families, really are the best way to raise children. And I'm not saying that there aren't great single parent households out there, because there are. But on average, we as a society should absolutely uphold the idea of two parent households because they are objectively what is best for children. Regarding poverty, as Child Trends reports, children are much more likely to be poor if they live in a family headed by a single mother than if they live in a married couple family. In 2017, 41% of children living in single mother families were poor compared with 8% of children living in married couple families. This pattern holds for white, black, Hispanic, and Asian children. For example, nearly half of black and Hispanic children in single mother families lived below the federal poverty line in 2017. However, only 10% of black children and 15% of Hispanic children in married couple families lived in poverty in 2017. And this trend isn't exclusive to America. As Statistics Canada reports, nearly 2 in 5 children in lone parent families, or 38.9% 
17%, lived in a low-income household in 2015. This rate was three and a half times higher than for children in two-parent families, 11.2%. Furthermore, the vast majority of children living in a lone parent family lived with their mother. The low-income rate for these children was much higher than for children who lived with their father, 42% compared with 25.5%. As a conservative, I so often get accused of not caring about poor children because I don't support bloated welfare policies, but seriously, if you do not uphold the integral role of the nuclear family and the institution of marriage as the best, the most effective way of lifting children up out of poverty, then you do not get to lecture anybody else about not caring for poor kids. So the problem in our society is not single-parent households getting offended by things like Mother's Day and Father's Day. No, the problem is the overwhelming abundance of single-parent households. And I know at this point some of you might be thinking, yeah, single-parent households aren't ideal, but there are a lot of mixed and blended families nowadays and we need to be tolerant toward them. Father's Day, Mother's Day, two-parent forms, those kinds of things can make it a little bit iffy for people in those situations, so let's just, just do away with them. Well, to that, Again, there are blended families out there, stepmothers, stepfathers, who are amazing and love their stepchildren every bit as much as if they were their own biologically. But still, the stats are in, and when it comes to things like abuse rates, you just can't beat the stability of biological parents raising their own children. As the National Center for Health Research writes, the results of a 2009 study showed that families living with a man who was not the biological father of all the children in the home and families living without a man in the home were significantly more likely to be contacted by Child Protective Services compared to families in which the biological father of all the children lived with the mother. Children living with their married biological parents had the lowest rate of abuse and neglect, whereas those living with a single parent who had a partner living in the household had the highest rate. Compared to children living with married biological parents, those whose single parent had a live-in partner were at least eight times more likely to be maltreated in one way or another. They were ten times more likely to experience abuse and eight times more likely to experience neglect. And in that same vein, the article Children at Higher Risk in Non-Traditional Homes by NBC News found similar trends. Among the studies that reinforce concerns over non-traditional households are statistics like, quote, children living in households with unrelated adults are nearly 50 times as likely to die of inflicted injuries as children living with two biological parents, according to a study of Missouri data published in the Journal of the American Academy of Pediatrics in 2005. Additionally, children living in step families or with single parents are at a higher risk of physical or sexual assault than children living with two biological or adoptive parents, according to several studies co-authored by David Finklor, director of the University of New Hampshire's Crimes Against Children Research Center. And finally, girls whose parents divorce face significantly higher risk of sexual assault, whether they live with their mother or father, according to research by Robin Wilson, a family law professor at Washington and Lee University. Ultimately, I am of the apparently controversial opinion that when it comes to raising children and the environment that children are brought up in, decisions and policies need to be made based on what is best for the children period. But the problem with that is that children don't really have a voice in our legislative process, but you know who does? Parents, so much of the current conversation surrounding childcare is driven not just by progressive ideology that seeks to attack the family structure because it's heteronormative or patriarchal or whatever, but also by parents who just want their lifestyles and life choices validated. The numbers, though, are clear, and although special circumstances will always exist, by and large, a biological mother and a biological father are still the best environment to raise a child in. And as long as that's true, which will be 
for always, we do need to reinforce that concept as a society with things like Mother's Day and Father's Day. We need to normalize the idea of having mothers and fathers. Never thought that would actually be a phrase which needed to be said, but there you go. That's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.